We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The CV, CV Report. TPS Report. The CV Report. Give us one word to describe what you're going through right now. Sucky. <laughs> Sucky. Yeah. <laughs> Look, any self-respecting veteran should grow a beard and have a belly. That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day. Like, if we're going to start getting angry now, it's it's a little late. Is live in D.C. with the update on all of this. Good morning. Maybe. I guess not. The CV Report. Welcome to the CV Report. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Our next guest on the podcast I found in the pages of the Bloomberg Report. Now, I don't read a lot of financial magazines, but I did notice this one Air Force veteran that was doing something remarkable in the world of farming. He was making videos... And he's a YouTube farmer. And not just any YouTube farmer. The Stony Ridge Farmer YouTube channel has 235,985 subscribers. Which is amazing, because that's over a quarter million people, and I still couldn't tell you what a YouTube farmer does. This is Stony Ridge Farm all around us. We live on a 150-acre farm here in North Carolina in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. I had to know more. So on the phone with me joining us is Stony Ridge farmer, Josh Draper. How are you, Josh? Great, great. Good to talk to you. Man, thank you so much for uh, doing the interview with us because uh, you're you're an interesting one. We got some layers of this onion to peel back. Not to make a farming reference there, but uh, you're all kinds of things, man. You were an Air Force vet. You were a a, a nurse. uh, You're a YouTube farmer, and you're actually growing a fully functional farm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your Air Force background. Well, it's a short, long story. (laughs) As they uh, all are. That's why I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So when I separated from the Air Force, I'll kind of give you the short version here. Um, My last six months, I volunteered for a deployment to Saudi Arabia. And this was a, at that time I had an apartment and I I canceled my lease on my apartment. I took everything I owned and stuffed it in a storage building. I put my pickup truck in the uh, storage lot on the Air Force base and I just saved every dime I could. And when I did that, I wrote a business plan because I knew when I got out of the military, I'd want to work for myself. Um, So, I started a handyman business in in Utah, and I lived out there for another, I guess, five years or so. So I was out there for about a full 10 years right there by the Air Force Base, and uh, there was a constant need for handy people, handyman, people building fences, building decks, you know, grandma's front door won't shut right. So I started doing that kind of stuff. Things uh, things all happened for a reason. I I was working as a handyman, uh, and I went out to a home that uh, a person needed an antenna put on the roof. 
when we went out there and they said, you know, this place is for sale. And it was what you'd call horse property in Utah, which is only two acres. But uh, that's when I bought my first quote unquote farm, mini farm. And we did chickens and goats and pigs and all kinds of stuff. And this is way back. This is 2003 timeframe. So that kind of got me started. So it sounds like it could have been a straight path, military to handyman to handyman on the farm. But as you're about to hear, Josh Draper explained that it wasn't really a straight path that got him to farming. And in fact, the handyman business all but dried up for him after a while. The career path that I had chosen was a career path that people used uh, when they had extra. You know, you're not going to fix the hire a guy to fix the front door if you don't have extra money. With no money coming in, he decided to change career course again. Only this job had absolutely nothing to do with farming. And I went back to school and I got my nursing degree. And the nursing degree kind of followed through uh, with with the calling back to the land and, and the caring for people and caring for land. I think it all kind of, again, comes into one big circle. So uh, I'm a registered nurse, and that's how I met the gentleman that sold us our farm. So uh, once again, through through a job, through a career path that I chose, I met a, an older man who's uh, recently passed away. Um, and he changed my life forever. We uh, we ended up buying a 60-acre plot of land that was overgrown, total disaster. And uh, here we are, working on it every day. And we're up to 200 acres. And we're getting ready to get cows in the next few weeks. Right now, we just have chickens on the farm, um, raising pastured poultry. And and what I do is teach. I enjoy teaching and showing people what, uh, what farming's really all about and what it's like to start a first-generation farm. One look at the Stony Ridge Farmer channel on YouTube, and you can see he loves to teach, and he teaches all kinds of things. Everything from Tool Tuesday, where they'll discuss the merits and instructions of the electric grease gun, to uh, Josh's instructional video on how to make a kick-ass welding table, all the way down to the science of growing grass, which you don't have to be a farmer to appreciate. I mean, frankly, I learned a thing or two about uh, what I could have done better with my lawn in the suburbs just within the first five minutes. So you've just bought your first piece of land, whether it's a new house or whether it's some acreage or whether it's a homestead, and you've got to get grass established. It's about time to start thinking about getting grass established sometime in the September, October timeframe here in North Carolina where we are. How on earth is it that you've learned all these facets of farming uh, in order to be a teacher? Are you a self-taught guy or when you bought this farm, did it come with somebody who would show you the ropes, so to speak? Well, there's no farm school and there's no school for common sense. Uh, <laughs> there's, and I'm sure we all know that, especially our veterans that have uh, separated from the military and they got that big slap in the face of, Hey, nope, people don't pay attention to anything out here. <laughs> so uh, I would say that I kind of took all the, the facets of, of learning and growing and building myself and applied them to the farm. So nobody, nobody really taught me this stuff. It's just tiny bits of information that are that are pulled together and presented on the uh, farm channel. So I'll go to the USDA office and talk to them about uh, programs that they might have for veterans, and I'll go to the uh, county extension office and ask, you know, who who's growing what and what's profitable here in our county uh, hmm. for farming. 
what what grass are typically uh, grasses are typically uh, planted here uh, for growing hay or for raising livestock. Um, so I study I study other people. I study books. I you know stop into a landscape store and ask them, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this? And then I go to their competition and I ask the same question and see if I get the same answer. And if I don't, I got to work on that information and figure out what works for me and then present it to everyone on YouTube and hopefully make them more successful. Naturally curious and self-taught. I love it, man. I love it. In fact, that's the kind of what journalism for me has been about. I learn about all these little things, all these various industries, because it's just a joy to get to ask questions and say, tell me about what you do and what made you successful, or tell me about what you're doing and, you know, that you didn't get so successful doing. Um, I love it. Uh, Share with me a little bit about getting the farm. You got the property kind of by hook and by crook, by sort of great coincidence. You were able to meet somebody, and they had a you know some land for sale that you could turn into a farm. I understand it's an old tobacco farm, uh, horribly overgrown, and just really didn't have any great topsoil on it. What was the first step you took when you moved into that farm and said, I'm going to make a go of this? Phase one uh, was big picture. Phase one was swallow something, swallow my pride swallow my pride and go from my home that was, you know, in the suburbs uh, of a local town and trying to find something inexpensive to live in. So so the, the biggest part was building a road to get up to where we wanted our potential first home site and putting the word out with the neighbors and the neighborhood. And again, things are fall into one big circle. We put the word out. We were looking for a used mobile home. Uh, to put on the property before we build our house, before we decide what the most beautiful place on the farm is, because we have a blank slate, uh, basically a blank canvas to paint whatever picture we want. So we ended up buying a used mobile home, a 14 by 80 mobile home for 3500 bucks, And that was stage one. We had chickens here, we had goats here, and we had me every day that I wasn't working driving an hour out of town to come up here and remodel this home so that we could live in a decent place. <laughs> wow. I mean, starting from scratch. Jeez. All right, man. So once you get the homestead up and running, once you get a place to hang your hat, you get uh, you know, a place you can live, dedicate all your time to the farm. What was the first thing that began the revenue stream? What were you able to first raise and sell or grow and sell? Well, we our land is so poor. Let's just talk about that really quickly. Our land is so poor that when we moved up here, we we bought goats, not for goats to sell, but for goats to, for them to eat. So in other words, we needed giant weed eaters. <laughs> we didn't have, <laughs> we didn't have equipment uh, to, to uh, mow all this stuff. We didn't have a tractor. We didn't have anything. We came up here with a push mower and a, and a weed whacker. And thought we were gonna, you know, conquer the world. Push more weed whacker <laughs> and a dream and about it, <laughs> and a dream and a chainsaw. And uh, <laughs> so, the the reality behind starting a first generation farm is that you're not going to make any money getting started. Uh, you you're you're just building. You're it's like opening a restaurant. You know, you're you're going to show profit after the first year, two years, something like that. So you, you've got enough money to feed yourself. And I, I just utilized my career as a registered nurse and my wife's career. And we we both just pitched in all of our money and all of our time and 
started raising chickens. So pastured poultry is one of our commodities here on the farm, but really we're in a learning phase. So we're not a full-on operational farm, and that's something that most people ask about similar to you. Uh, they asked it, so what are you making? What do you sell? You know, what do you do? Well, <laughs> we make YouTube videos is what we do. Uh, that's that's pretty much what we do. We've sold hay last year. We sold some goats last year. We sold some uh, pastured meat birds. We sell eggs to the local neighbors. We're getting ready to get cows. So the eventual plan here is to have, once again, another circle of life here on the farm where we have cows and we move those cows every day. And then in behind the cows comes the chickens with the egg mobile. And we start selling uh, organic eggs to uh, local mom and pop shops. And then we start selling our beef, our grass fed beef. So it's a, it's all a work in progress here. And, and what the YouTube channel is basically about, it's about the fun that I'm having along the way. It's about the lesson, lessons that I'm having along the way. And it's about growing yourself as a person, I think. And it's fun to watch, especially like your chicken sound effects. <laughs> Those are uh, spot on. <laughs> Guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about my YouTube channel and what it's all about. This is Stony Ridge Farm all around us. We live on a 150 acre farm here in North Carolina in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Right now we've got goats, one pig left. We've got chickens, got a cool chicken coop back here. We're going to be growing a huge garden this year. I didn't know how a farmer would even think to integrate some sort of digital social media platform into their program. I mean... When did it dawn on you that not only could you gain a lot of followers, but this could be helpful to the overall business plan? Well, it all happened kind of by accident. Uh, my wife bought me a camera about uh, seven years ago, and I told her I wanted a camera, and we had honeybees at that time. We were living smack dab in the middle of the city, and I had 15 honeybee hives. And uh, I told her I wanted to do some videos about the bees. I just enjoy teaching and showing people how everything works. So... Um, I did like one video. I had this goofy YouTube channel. I think my name was Booger or something like that <laughs> on, on YouTube. And it just. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on. Say I that. Again. <laughs> Your video popped up while I'm talking to you. <laughs> so my wife bought me a camera. I went out and shot some videos with the honeybees and posted them. And, and my name on YouTube was Booger <laughs> at that time or something. Boogar or something like that. Because I had no idea what, what I was thinking about doing. But I knew I'd watched a lot of YouTube videos and seen other people do things and thought, you know, there's a better way. I could do this. You know, there's a better way here. So one day, my wife's sitting in the living room here, and I'm going out to work on my tractor. And I said, I wonder where that camera is. And I grabbed the camera up, and I went out there, and I shot a video about how to sharpen up your uh, bush hog blades on the mowing deck behind the tractor. and from that, I contacted, uh, I did a couple more videos, and I contacted a, uh, a pretty popular YouTuber. Uh, his name is Wrangler Star, and you may be familiar with him. He kind of does tool videos and chainsaw videos and axes and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I emailed him and told him, I just need your help. I just need guidance. I need to be pointed in the right direction. And again, all of what I know and all of what I do is what I've learned myself and what I've learned by asking other people because nobody 
you know, everybody that does what they do and they're good at it, they want to talk about it. So I asked sure. him and he, he gave me uh, some, some advice and the biggest piece of advice was post a video every day. And that was the hardest piece of advice I could possibly uh, pull out. So I, I, for the first month and I looked back through these videos in the first month or two, I probably posted 50 or 60 videos over 50 to 70 days. Unbelievable amount of work. Absolutely no return. Takes you five to seven hours to edit a video, you know, another two hours to film it. And all of a sudden, the lights came on and it was like playing poker to me. It just kind of became like a, a little bit of a poker game. So I'd post a video and it would get 250 views and I'd be like, man, that's cool. And I'd do another one and see what it did. And I'd throw another one out and see what it did just to see what, what the heck they would do. Some of them, I, I'm, I've looked back through some of my old stuff and I've got 700 views on, uh, on some of my old videos, January, 2017. And now when I post a video, it typically will get 10,000 views within the first day. So it's mm. uh, amazingly enough, it's a, it's an ever evolving project, but our, our farm became more of a teaching center than a working farm. I can see how that can work. We all know that YouTube gets monetized and, and when you get up above a certain amount of views, you know, it does start kicking you back a little change and you're probably not getting rich on it, but has that helped offset the income that you'll be losing from your primary day job? It has. If So YouTube has basically been a, a part-time job that took 70 hours a week. Uh, so <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> that puts it in good in the, perspective. Thank you. <laughs> it does. It, it is. Uh, and then don't let anybody tell you like, Oh man, I'm he's a famous YouTuber. So I'm making a million dollars. You're not doing that. I'll tell you that. And you, <laughs> you better bet it's some work. It's some personality changes. It's some um, learning how to talk to people. It's storytelling and nobody's going to tell, you know, you, you could go out and, and sharpen the blades on your lawnmower and I could sharpen the blades on my lawnmower and you're going to tell the story different than I tell the story. And I think that's what it is, is people just need to be able to relate to you that you're a real person. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, what advice do you have for veterans uh, just getting out? Uh, you've obviously transitioned and taken the plunge now into farming full time, of course, making it an educational farm while you make the YouTube videos until it gets up to full speed. But do you advise veterans maybe go consider uh, a lot of them come from small town rural America, right? I mean, do you do you advise that some of them embrace that and go back to living off the land to go back into being a farmer? I do. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. I think there's a, a calling to the land that that some people feel. And I think sometimes it takes just getting your hands dirty. I think it takes a certain level of maturity that that. Uh, everybody's not ready for um you know you're separating from the military you're thinking about starting a farm uh, you need to realize that you need to make that initial investment in yourself so if you're a uh, if you're an officer and you're separating from the military then you need to get yourself lined up in a good career and if you're a enlisted guy and you've just done your f first four years or even if you're retiring utilize that gi bill you know 40 years old is, isn't too late to, to get, get an education. And I tell you that one little piece of paper, that investment that you make in yourself makes all the difference in the world. My biggest piece of advice to any veteran is make that investment in yourself first before you go jumping in head first into something that can swallow you whole. Let's talk uh, lastly, uh, trends available in farming. I, I know that there is, you know, it's changing. We're seeing some farming 
jobs, some farming revenue being derived from urban farming as opposed to living way out, you know, in the country. Are there opportunities for the veteran who wants to consider maybe some urban farming? Absolutely. I would say that what we do here on the farm, the vegetables that we grow that provide for our family, we could grow in a 50 by 30 uh, garden. No problem. You could feed two families off of that. So I think having an urban uh, farm and an urban environment, I can easily provide you a little bit of uh, income uh, to get started and could possibly go to uh, a full-time income if you uh, if you did it right and you had the right customer base. So there's a lot of innovative farm techniques that are uh, being employed right now. What's an example of one kind of produce people are successfully growing in an urban environment? Uh, microgreens. A lot of people grow microgreens uh, and they provide them to local restaurants. So they put them in the salads and put them in all sorts of different dishes and use them as garnishes and all sorts of stuff. So hmm. growing mi- microgreens are, are a big thing. Lettuce is uh, any, any type of like salad because it's a, you know, you start growing it and 30 days later, you've got your salad, you cut it, you grow again, you cut it, you grow again. And all you've got to do is replenish nutrient and, you know, find a, a way to do it on a small scale and you can be organic and delicious and feed the local restaurants. And you know what? Another, Nothing sounds better on a menu than like locally grown or, you know, fresh farm to table. I mean, people are loving that trend and the restaurants are certainly cashing in and making adjustments with how they buy their produce. So uh, very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Josh, a pleasure getting to know you, my man. The Stony Ridge Farmer on YouTube. You're Josh Draper. You're always putting out new videos. What's one video we expect to see in the near future? Oh, getting ready to go out and do a little Tool Tuesday video today. It's Tuesday right now, so going to go out and shoot some videos about some new toolboxes and we do some giveaways on the channel so uh, we we try to support our viewers and subscribers so we're going to be giving away about a $350 toolbox today. Very cool. We can always see you on YouTube. Do you got a website too? I do. It's stonyridgefarmer.com. The YouTube channel is Stony Ridge Farmer. Love it. Josh Draper from Air Force Vet to the hospital corridors to living on the farm and making videos. Uh, YouTube farming. I love it, man. And I love uh, everything you're doing. I wish you the best of success. And uh, we'll check back and watch you grow. Anytime you got something that you want to share about, uh, you know, upcoming videos or really cool trends or something that you just find damn fascinating. Uh, You got a friend here, man. I'd love to have you back on the podcast. Awesome. We'll talk to you again soon for sure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.